You are listening to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring you the best tactics, strategies, and actionable insights for change through our powerful interviews with change management practitioners and leaders. And now here's your host, Teresa Moulton. Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. My name is Teresa Moulton. I'm the Editor-in-Chief, and I'm very excited today to have Robin Hills as our guest. Uh, Robin is the Director of EI4 Change, a company specializing in educational training, coaching, and personal development focused around emotional intelligence, positive psychology, and neuroscience. He has taught over 400,000 people in 195 plus countries how to build resilience, increase self-awareness, and understanding of others. His educational programs on resilience and emotional intelligence cover the most comprehensive and detailed education of any emotional intelligence organization and are today used in educational establishments in South Africa and India. Robin is the author of two books and has, through his work, developed the experiential coaching methodology images of resilience to support cathartic conversations around resilience. He has delivered keynote speeches at conferences across the world, including at Harvard University, and sits on the Northwest Committee of the Association of Business Psychology. Robin, welcome to our show. I'm so uh, excited to have you here. Teresa, it is my pleasure. Thank you for having me on as one of your esteemed guests. Oh, yes. And you've got such a, a intriguing um, perspective on so many, so many aspects of the emotional intelligence. I think the combination with the positive psychology and the neuroscience really, really gives a, a rich combination of topics to speak about. Well, it is. And, and uh, emotional intelligence is fundamental to change management. So it's particularly relevant to listeners of your podcast. Yes, it is. And um, one of the things that, you know, I think we've all been noticing everywhere, every day, either in email newsletters, on your newscast, or in every, um, everywhere, is the trend and worry and stress of artificial intelligence. And, you know, okay, it's coming. I just got off the, I just got off the, um, phone phone i'm okay i'm 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 definitely aging myself i just got off zoom with um a gentleman who said you know this is coming so much faster than we all thought you know it's really coming i mean we're gonna see it this year and it's just gonna be like multiple times uh more impact the internet and i'm wondering what your thoughts are in terms of how emotional intelligence and um artificial intelligence will kind of work together or against each other or how they fit together? Oh, it's a, it's a really, really intriguing question because I think um, we have to have emotional intelligence when we're engaging with artificial intelligence. I don't think it's there yet. I, I think it's wonderful some of the things that it does. And 
uh, we just got to remember that it's an algorithm, a data-driven algorithm for generating words or generating images or doing data analysis. So when we apply and use artificial intelligence within the right context, it's a, a fascinating tool which makes us a lot more effective and a lot more efficient. But we've got to bear in mind that it is subject to its own, well, it, it's subject to its own degradation. It was only about 98% accurate when it was launched. Um, I'm talking here about ChatGPT and other associated uh -huh. uh, word-based um, algorithms. They were only about 90% accurate, and they've been generating more and more growth based on that um, that percentage, which degrades over time. So I would say it's probably about 96, 95% accurate, and it's going to get worse over time. And what we as humans need to do is to go in and make sure that it is accurate. Some of the outputs that have come out from it are great, but some of it I can't use because it's, it, it's inherently wrong right. or it's inaccurate. And I, I, I think what we've got to do is, is just to check and double check the, uh, the use of these, these AI tools to make sure that they're working appropriately. And that requires human intervention. And there are certain things that we can do as humans that AI can't do and, quite honestly, will never be able to do. And these are things like uh, making decisions, uh, making judgments based around data, using intuition, a gut feel. Um, AI doesn't have a gut, therefore AI can't get a gut feeling. Or if I chunk it up to the most appropriate and proper level, AI doesn't have a brain. So AI right. can't feel at that level. So I think what we've got to do is bear in mind that when we're looking at us as human beings, we've got to work more efficiently and more effectively with our emotions. Yeah, that's really well said. And so um, what is the impact on us from, you know, artificial intelligence coming, you know, how will our emotional intelligence levels um, and skills really help us cope? Well, I th again, I think what we've got to do is we've got to go back to looking at what it is that makes us human and looking at emotional intelligence as a, a component of humanity. What is emotional intelligence? It's the way in which we combine our thinking with our feelings to make good authentic decisions, but also to build up authentic relationships. Yes. So when we look at um, uh, our work as human beings, we've got to remember what it is that we are very, very good at. We're social beings. We make connections. Right. We network, we build relationships, we influence, we persuade, we 
engage with people at deep emotional levels. These are things that the robots will never be able to do. And uh, when we look at leadership, this is something that the robots will never be able to do um, because leadership involves working with human beings. It's understanding the emotional climate. It's adapting to that. And it's building in the right processes to allow the change to happen. That's really interesting. I I hadn't really thought of leadership um, with artificial intelligence, really. And that sounds so naive, but it's true because... Um, most of what's being written now is about how people are going to lose their jobs or they're going to get out, you know, knowledge workers are going to get automated out of work. But the impact on leadership is is very real. It is. And, and as human beings, we work well together in teams, but the yes. team dynamics are going to change through artificial intelligence, great. Yeah, let's get rid of the mundane jobs that can be automated. But what we've got to do is to recognize those jobs, those tasks, those responsibilities that only we can do as humans. And there are certain things that only we can do as humans. We have ethics, we have morals, so we can make ethical and moral judgments about things. Lawyers will never be automated. Uh, now, now, a lot of uh, clinicians will lose their jobs if they're just doing therapeutics and clinical diagnoses because you can plug somebody into a machine and get a result. It's the care component. It's the compassion oh. element. This is the bit that the robots can't do. So if we look at care, um, a care in the community, that is something that we can do as humans. Uh, I'm only going to be pulling out a few examples. There are many, many, many more examples, but I think we've got to go away and we've got to think about these things. There are certain jobs that can't be automated. Electricians, plumbers, people who make um, bespoke furniture, uh, people who do culinary work. Uh, these are things that robots will never be able to do. The other thing that robots will never be able to do is to address our spiritual needs. So right. pastoral care. Um, now, uh, as human beings, we continually search for meaning in our lives. And um, this is vitally important to us. What is our place in the universe? Why are we here? And uh, these are big, big questions that we can ask. Whether we can answer them or not is another matter, but we can ask them. <laughs> Purely and simply because we've got self-awareness and this allows us to ask these deep questions. And this is where, again, where the human element will come in. I love the way you're uh, painting this picture, uh, Robin, because you're really giving, you're really reminding us about what it is to be human and, and not just comparing a piece of our pie which is work to artificial intelligence but our whole beingness you know our whole life um and reminding us basically that the the emotions and and what our human needs are 
are going to stay the same. So there's some things that will stay the same. It's not necessarily, you know, all encompassing this this move to AI and um in change management that's one of the that's one of the biggest um success factors I think in communication is to identify what is not going to change and communicate that. Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think if we go back to leadership, a lot of leaders um, have a strategic mindset and they're actually able to work with adaptation, flexibility and change because they've got this ability to tap into VUCA, which you you and your listeners will know, but I will define for everybody. I won't make the assumption that everybody knows. It's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Now, in these sort of changing circumstances, unless AI has been programmed to uh, work in these circumstances, they're not going to have a strategic mindset at all. So this is where leadership is needed. Things change. Things change incredibly rapidly. Right. And as human beings, we can adapt around that change. And we can do so very, 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 very quickly because of our intelligence and our strategic awareness. Now, we might miss the odd thing here or there, but as a group of human beings working well together with the right ethics and the right morals, we can affect and drive change through far better than a machine will ever be able to do. Yes, that's true. Um, what you, you mentioned something about AI and working with teams and how that would be different. Um, can you say a little bit more about that in terms of um, what your thoughts on what that might look like? Yes, I, I, you know, I'm looking at this very, 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 very simply. Um, as a human being, I like working with teams of human beings. Um, uh -huh. We wind each other up. We have conflict. We um, have laughter. We have memories. We put down experiences together. We grow and we develop through that. I can't do that with a robot. Uh, I will never be able to do that with a robot. A robot, I, I, you know, looking at it very, again, very, very, very simplistically, a robot has never had a childhood. It hasn't had to grow up. It hasn't had to make mistakes. It hasn't thrown stones at the neighbor's window and broken them and got into trouble because it's done that. Um, a, a robot just does not have these memories and these experiences. And that's something that we share. Um, uh, you know, you and I could look back in our past and indeed your listeners could look back in our past and we can meet up with a friend. We haven't seen them for 10, 20, 30 years. And the emotional engagement just kicks in automatically. It's as if that period of time has never existed. And you yeah. then share memories. Do you remember the time when? And that gives us some great emotional connections. You're yes. never going to be able to do that with, with a robot. That is just never, ever going to happen. So to go back to your original question, working in teams, that is what working in teams is all about. Right. You know, as you're speaking, I was just reflecting on 
um, interviewing you at, with your psychology background and, and your, um, you know, what your perspective on on AI and and EI compared to some of the scientists and the engineers, um, the technician and technologists that I've interviewed. Um, it's so it's so different and every every perspective is valuable of course but this feels so refreshing like i'm just feeling this sense of like relief like okay we're going to be okay <laughs> it's you know we're still going to have humanity and all these all these other uh things that make us the way we are and we're just going to somehow adapt on to how how to integrate this this robot into different parts of our lives but we are not going away. We're not, but we have to undergo major change to uh, embrace this, and we've got to remember our human elements, and we've got to drive that 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 through. Now, um, I, you know, if we look back a century ago, people were uh, getting very very fretful about technology coming in and and overtaking uh, the world washing machines cookers um, uh, vacuum cleaners these are going to make the housewives uh, um, world a lot easier and she's going to have a lot more um, free time and i'm not being misogynistic here but right, that, right, is, right. that is the way that is the way that people thought because yes. the housewife was the person who stayed at home to do that work whilst right. more often than not the uh, the man of the household went out to earn the money now right. <laughs> it's fantastic isn't it how the world has changed and there's more yes. equality um but uh, washing machines and cookers and vacuum cleaners, I end up doing that as much as my wife does. It doesn't make our right. lives any easier. Uh, so right. we just adapted around it. And uh, we've just got to accept that AI is going to come in and it's going to uh, create some changes. Uh, we're going to have to adapt very much around it. And what's the next century is going to hold? I haven't got a clue, but what we've got to do is to future-proof ourselves. And how do we do that? We look at our emotional intelligence. We look at building up our empathy. We look at building up our entrepreneurial skills. We look at working with our emotions more positively. And we look at our um, interpersonal skills and our spirituality and say, right, this is what is going to drive us forward. How can I apply that in my work? Yeah, you know, that's that's really beautiful. I really love, I love the way you said that. I really do. It really, it really landed for me. Um, I'm thinking now, uh, shifting a little bit more to the work side for uh, change management professionals, you know, here we are. Um, and, you know, it, in organizations or going into organizations and there's this plethora of projects coming down um, to do in one organization they just got 1600 projects into a, a large group of change management professionals but still i mean you know there's there's still like you know tons of projects per uh professional and 
I'm thinking, okay, so some of the projecty type of work will go away. Um, but now what, what do I focus on now to get ready for, um, artificial intelligence? Like in terms of serving my client, in terms of helping my stakeholders embrace change, you know, what parts of EI, uh, can I help them bring forward and and what might be a way for me to do that? Yeah, that, that really is a very all-embracing good question. Um, any organization, it doesn't matter whether it's a large organization or a small organization, has clients. They're providing products or services. They're selling to clients they're selling to customers and it's that sales process which is very much the human element of it so this is what we actually have to focus in on it's looking at where emotions are involved and in a decision-making process like the buying process or or indeed even the selling process we actually have to look at how we can work more positively with emotions and we uh, that is is one example the other example is around strategy and you, uh, your clients and uh, your listeners have got to look at uh, what it is that ai can do and hand it over to ai let it get on with it but i think it also needs that human supervisory elements to actually make sure it's doing it properly uh, right. has it been programmed to ethically deliver it can it do it in the right way is it degrading to such a point that it's actually causing more problems than uh, than it needs to and again this is where the the human element really becomes uh, well comes to the fore Right. So um, one of the things just to follow on things, one of my thoughts that um, is coming to me uh, just to follow on is how do you, assuming you have the AI uh, component managed and you, you understand your role in relationship to it at X, a given or T given point in time, um, and now you're now you're trying to support, you know, your stakeholders and the people that you're trying to get on board with a change. What can you do with EI um, or EQ? And how can you what can you do with those uh, those kind of tools to improve people's resilience? Um to work with AI, I guess it's a kind yeah. of convoluted question, but uh, how? Let, let me just summarize the question: How can you help people to become more resilient using their emotional intelligence? Is is it's that nice way of summarizing? Oh, it? of course, it was that that pithy <laughs> when you say it. Yes, thank you. Well, let's have a look at what resilience uh, means, because a lot of people think that resilience is bouncing back. Well. We're not going to bounce anywhere with the advance of AI, backwards, forwards, or anywhere. Uh, resilience really has uh, is having a a focus for the future, 
and having the ability to creatively work towards that future by adapting around it and having this understanding that life has some meaning. Now, with all that in mind, that is what you need to develop your resilience. Therefore, the future, what does the future hold for me? And how can I use my emotions and the emotions of people that are around me that I work with in a team or as my clients, or as my stakeholders, shareholders, whatever, how do I work with those to create the future for this company, for me and for my role that is going to future-proof me? Now, the whole role is going to change. I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know what my right. role is going to look like in 20 <laughs> years' time. Probably not going to be doing it, but... Um, <laughs> Well, I'm ho hopefully I will have retired, but, um, uh, you know, that's not my intention for today. But uh, I've got <laughs> to really look at uh, what it is that I can do that makes me different. What is it that makes me special? What is my special talent that enables me to make a difference and to really focus in on utilizing that to the best of my ability? Yeah. Okay. And that's where I think people get it, are getting off track. They're getting all caught up in the, um, you know, the, the momentum and kind of freakiness around um, AI and what it's going to do to them. And the, and they have gone off center from, you know, who are they and what humanity are they bringing to workplace, to the world and, you know, what can they count on uh, in their humanness uh, to bring forward? Yeah. I, and, and look, I think we've got to um, cast our eye out there into the big wide world. And what is making this a lot worse for us and for everybody is the way in which media, the media are uh, stoking up the fire and instilling fear yeah. in us. Now, if I can get wrong answers through chat GPT that are <laughs> inherently wrong, it's certainly not going to take over the world just because uh, I've not asked the right question. So, yeah, there are certain elements that we've got to keep our eye on. Um, and we've just got to step in and say, yes, enough is enough. But for the majority of times, I don't think AI is going to take over the world, certainly not in my lifetime. And I certainly, I don't think it's going to happen in my grandson's lifetime. Um, so I think what we've got to do is, is just to be a little bit realistic, more realistic about it. Now, as a boy uh, and as a young man, and even still today, I enjoy science fiction. And, oh. you know, you know, I've, I've read the stories where the machines take over the world. Oh, yeah, they're, they're really entertaining stories. But when you actually sit and look at them very, very objectively, I love the stories. But there are some lessons to be learned here. And uh -huh. I think as human beings, we're not learning the lessons. Oh. And as individuals, we're not learning the lessons. And we, we you know, I think we just wind ourselves up and get so frightened and the media knows that and it will carry on with these great head headlines about AI taking over the world. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm not going to buy that paper. I'll go and buy another one, which is a little bit more realistic. <laughs> right. 
Right. It almost, but then it I've, almost... got my, I've got choice there, and I'm making my choice not to purchase anything, which is going to stoke fear in me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I know. That's, that's a good way of putting it. So we're um, getting close to our end of our interview, Robin. What would you like to uh, leave for the listeners as a kind of summary or parting, parting thought? on this topic on this topic what i would ask listeners to do is to future proof themselves and Mm. really look at those talents those skills that they've got that make them inherently human let's look at it very very simply um where is it that you're using empathy currently in your role how are you building up interpersonal skills and interpersonal relationships Where is it that you're making decisions and judgments? Where is it that you're applying unconventional thinking? Really focus in and hone in on that. And where do you use creativity and innovation? So if you can identify that skill set and work on improving those, your role for the future is guaranteed, it's assured. Oh, that's really good news. That's very uplifting. That's very uplifting. Thank you so much for your time. And how how would um, people get a hold of you? I know you've got a very creative organization in the UK foca- focusing on um, emotional intelligence. Uh, how would people get a hold of you for any follow-up questions or interactions? Well, my website is ei for change EI number four change.com you can contact me at robin at eiforchange.com find me on social media go and find me on linkedin connect with me that way okay that's great well robin thank you again for your expertise and very um uplifting and balancing really kind of balancing perspective um on this topic. I really appreciated speaking with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show, Teresa. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review Podcast. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.